The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Some of the crowd who heard these words of Jesus said, this is truly the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But others said, the Christ will not come from Galilee, will he? Does not scripture say that the Christ will be of David's family and come from Bethlehem, the village where David lived? So a division occurred in the crowd because of him. Some of them even wanted to arrest him but no one laid hands on him. So the guards went to the chief priests and the Pharisees who asked them, why did you not bring him? The guards answered, never before has anyone spoken like this man. So the Pharisees answered them, have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd which does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, one of their members who had come to him earlier, said to them, Does our law condemn a man before it first hears him and finds out what he is doing? They answered him and said, You are not from Galilee also, are you? Look and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Then each went to his own house. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning. Um, so we continue as we will. We started last week and all the way till next Saturday in the part of the Gospel of John called the Book of Signs. There's so the Book of Signs and the Book of Glory, and we're, we'll stay in the Book of Signs, and we need those because our statues have been covered, so we, we need more focus on the signs that John is giving us about Jesus. Uh, but I think uh, we need a little context, a little background about our gospel reading this morning. Because uh, it says some of the crowd who heard these words, and you may be saying, well, what, what words? You know, what, what, what happened before this? Um, so from yesterday's gospel reading until today, we skipped over uh, a few passages. And they're really important to understand uh, what's going on this morning. So it says, uh, right before our part of the gospel that we just read, it says, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and exclaimed, let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within him. He said this in reference to the Spirit that those who came to believe in him were to receive. There was, of course, no Spirit yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So what everyone was going to was a feast. And there were three major feasts that were pilgrimage feasts in uh, Israel um, they were the Passover, uh, the Feast of Weeks, and Tabernacles. And it just so happens that the feast that everyone went to uh, that was really impressed with Jesus was the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, so it helps us to get a little understanding of what happens at these feasts. Um, and the result, uh, it's interesting, 
Passover and Easter happen at the same time. And of course, out of Easter, we have the resurrected Jesus. Um, the Feast of Weeks happens seven weeks after Passover and after Easter. We call that Pentecost, and we got the Holy Spirit. So we're kind of in sync with two of the Jewish pilgrimage festivals. But now we have the Feast of Tabernacles, which happens in October, roughly. Um, and this was a celebration that uh, Israel had really commemorating the 40 years in the desert when God provided food and water and protection. And that's what the feast was about. Um, <clears throat> out of these three pilgrimage feasts, um, the only one that was considered outrageously joyful was the Feast of Tabernacles. The other feasts were very solemn occasions, but the Feast of Tabernacles was glorious. It was a party. You didn't want to miss it. One of the ancient uh, rabbi sages had even made the comment that um, if you hadn't experienced the joyful exuberance of that festival, you've never experienced joy in your life. Incredible joy by the kingdom of Israel. Now, there was a part of this festival where they would go and get water out of the pool of Siloam. We've heard that that was the healing pool. And there was a huge procession. Everybody participated. And the joy and celebration ramped up every day for seven days until the seventh day. It was just incredible. They just celebrated so much. And it was about the water that they were going to extract from the Pool of Siloam because water is the only thing that really God provides that we need to live on. We work to get the food that we have. Yes, it comes from God, but God provided the water from the rock and water was that symbol of how God protected and kept his people alive. So the water celebration was a huge part of this feast. And here's Jesus, just think of this. Jesus comes and said, whoever thirsts at this huge celebration, whoever thirsts and comes to me will live forever. It was the exact time that people were really impressed and so we see that in our reading today. The guards were saying, no one has ever talked like this before. They, were, they heard Jesus. They allowed him to touch them. And they, they were impressed. They were moved. Nicodemus had gone to Jesus previously, so he was already moved too. He's trying to get the Pharisees and the chief priests to listen and think about what Jesus is really about. So with all of this, um, you know, I really started thinking about, okay, this is a book of signs. And um, we've already skipped over 
in chapter 6. So we read from chapter 7 today. In chapter 6, we didn't get to read this, but this is where Jesus makes this outrageous claim of, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. So that's already out there, and people are like, oh, this is so hard to understand. It's so difficult. And then here Jesus follows that up with, I'm the source of the living water. Now, I I just had to make some notes about this because I'm thinking about all that's happened. And so here we have a a super abundant, joyful feast that required a pilgrimage. People had to go. It, It had to be at a place that they had to go and be at. It's celebrated by a kingdom. In our country, do we have any joyful nationwide experiences that everybody just is so joyful? One where the Holy Spirit would participate like the dew falling. The Spirit, like the dew falling, helps to produce the joyful celebration. And this joyful celebration brings Jesus literally as the bread of life to us through a feast with water and wine on an altar. Now, the the last piece of this, I I hope we're all looking at our altar when we think about the celebration that we have, that we're experiencing in our kingdom of Jesus is that we'll all say together, I'm not worthy that you enter under my roof. And I think it's no coincidence that we see that the roof, the house that we're inhabiting, the soldiers allowed Jesus into their house underneath their minds we're allowing Jesus to enter our house with the Eucharist. The chief scribes and priests at the end of our gospel reading says they each went to his own house empty, without Jesus. And that's not our option. We have an option to bring Jesus into us as we celebrate the Eucharist. Uh, Again, there's no coincidences. On this day, 17 years ago, on April 2nd, John Paul II, his dying words were, let me go into my father's house. He wanted to go into his father's house, into a life of saintly living, of celebrating this festival allowing Jesus into our own homes. That's how we get to the point of having those same words on our dying lips. Let me go into my Father's house. This is a wonderful celebration. The kingdom of God, this is our celebration right here. We made a pilgrimage to this place at this moment. And this is where we're supposed to be as we progress towards 
Easter. Easter.